Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Jim Grady. I'm here with Lou Weiss. Lou is the president of All Metals and Forge Group, a company that manufactures open die forgings and seamless rolled rings. And you can get more information on them at steelforge.com. Joining us is Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair for the Manufacturing Report on Business issued by the Institute for Supply Management. The first business day of every month, always a very interesting report to dive into. Tim, we are certainly are glad that you're back with us again to share another fabulous report. Yep, it was an excellent month of December, closed the year with a strong beat. I think, you know, I think uh, we did, we underperformed compared to the consensus estimate, but I think that was really a timing issue related to the transition between demand and supply. And, I, and I'll go into that in a lot more detail, but as I expressed in October, November, especially in November, I thought we were heading in the right direction here and December pretty much validated that. If you ignore what's happened in the last week to 10 days of December, which is Omicron, we, we'll talk about that too. Happy New Year, Tim. Glad that you're back. You're bringing, bringing a great report. So. Being that you're on the rush and we got first up at you, so why don't you take off? All right. So uh, for all of you listeners and watchers, I, you know, I watch this thing from a, a demand, consumption, and supply standpoint. Inputs, consumption, and demand. Demand's been really strong again. Uh, you know, we're north of 60. It eased a little bit, but not too concerned about it. We do seasonally adjust, and December is a light work month, but hey, I'm okay with over 60 on the new order side. That's fine especially when you look at customer inventories at just north of 30, still way too low. I mean, the right number for that should be more like 48, 47 to 48, and we're a long ways from that, and we have been for a long time. Love uh, that number. Yeah, love that number, right? That's really good. So we seem to be bouncing between 20 and 30, but who's, who's, who's counting? So new export order number is pretty flat. That, that reflects future potential from uh, Europe and, and Asia, 54, that's okay. Not thrilling, but uh, kind of reflects the fact that the rest of the world is kind of trying to catch up to us. And then you know, the backlog at almost 63 is still a super strong number. We've been, I don't know, seven months above 60. We broke new records in this, uh, in this cycle here for backlog. So demand is really good. I guess it's a summary on it. You know, just to kind of support that, I do ask my panelists, what's their, what's their sentiment around demand? And we ended the month of December with a six to one positive comment around demand. So six positive comments versus one cautious. And November was 10 to one. So in uh, October was four and a half to one. So you know, as long as it's three to one or better, I feel pretty good about that. So you know, the feeling is, is really good on the, on the demand side. The story since the pandemic, a climb out has been labor. And labor, not only at our panelist companies, but labor at the supply community and, it's, and, and the transportation sector. And you know, it's manifesting itself really in the supply chain comments, which is really the entire value chain from customer shelves, customer inventory, all the way back to the mines. Well, you know, the, we made gains again on labor. You can see it in our employment number. That's really in the consumption piece of what I look at, but we made small gains again, uh, almost a point. And we've been making small gains for the last two or three months, which is positive. And we don't expect it to be much stronger than small gains, primarily because the headwind that we're running against is a lot of resignations, uh, turnover due to uh, people jumping jobs for higher wages. So 
you know, that's been the story and it will continue to remain the story, but the story is going to be even more complex on the labor side, which we'll get into in a minute. And then, you know, the last one here is on the supplier input side, defined by shortages, lead times, the transportation sector. So let me, let me pass on some uh, comments around that. So on the shortage side, we had raw material, uh, we had shortage comments around raw material finally turned to a relatively positive 9% of comments said that things were getting better compared to November. In uh, November, 4% said things were getting better compared to October. So, you know, clear signs there without Omicron that supplier deliveries were improving. On the, on the freight side, uh, Ocean Freight has had the, you know, the biggest headline. Uh, we peaked at 27% of our, uh, our supplier delivery comments back in October were around Ocean Freight problems. Came down to 21% in November, currently at 15. Now, I expect maybe that's going to climb again uh, with the fact that we're right in the middle here of the uh, pre-Lunar new, Lunar new Year inventory buildup. And then, as we've mentioned on the show before that, then we have the problem here with the Longshoreman contract negotiation that's, that is, uh, is eminent. So we may continue to have problems on the ocean freight, but at least for December, we saw some easing, which is positive. Then on the overall transportation sector, which is primarily road freight, we peaked in November at 55% of comments. Uh, we came down to 41% in December. So overall, the input side seems to be easing. You can see that on the supplier delivery number coming down seven points, uh, supported by the fact that prices came down 14 points for mm -hmm. a couple of reasons. One of them being that equilibrium where suppliers having are starting to have available capacity. I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but although our CapEx lead times are at records, we came off 5% on raw material lead times, which is, you know, we're still at very, very high levels compared to historical, but we came off is, is kind of the point. So let me, let me pause there before I get into the labor side again. Uh, one number that I'm sure you're aware, but I just want to point it out to uh, our audience is that last January, uh, which was 20, January 21, uh, the index number was 58.7. We closed off December with 58.7, and everything between was over 60. So in terms of a good year, in spite of all the bad stuff, it was a pretty good year. That's a great year. Yeah. yeah. No, no yeah. complaint. I mean, I mean I think, have you ever had with you guys? I'm sorry? Did we do the semi-annual with you guys? Yeah, sure. We did, right? So, you know, yeah. so we came off a 14.1% revenue climb compared to 2020 and 2021. That was really, really strong with another 6.5 uh, planned in 2022. So we're pretty much off to a great start if you ignore the Omicron issue. Have you ever had a year where 10 months was over 60? No, I don't know. Well, I mean, you can see my graph and I'll, I will, I'll put the graph up in a few minutes, but you can uh, see that. Yeah, I've no, never we, seen it. Yeah, no, we no, you're actually actually you're absolutely right, Lou. I, I'm going to project this thing in a minute, but but keep going. So uh, again, we're we're looking forward uh, at uh, All Metals and Forge Group. Uh, uh, we follow your numbers. Whatever you whatever your number is, we're going to do it and and accomplish it. And uh, uh, we've come back a long, long way. You know, many companies within the manufacturing and steel industries was was off 30, 40, 50% in revenues. 
Uh, and now they're coming back 40% strong, 45% strong. We're in that same ballpark. We've come back strong. I love the backlog number. Everybody I talk to is loving the backlog number. The biggest and the best number I like is the customer's inventory. You hold on to that money. Don't buy anything until you damn well have to. So I'm, I'm right there with you. So, okay. So let's, let's, uh, you guys seeing this? Sure. All right. So yeah, let's go back. Let me see if I can project open. There we go. Okay. Here's your question. So here we are. I mean, over 60, look at that area under the curve. There is really, you're yeah, exactly right. The closest we came to was over here way back in the, uh, China Supercycle, WTO joining. Right. Uh, but that's nowhere near as much area under the curve there as we have over here. So you're absolutely right, Lou. We've never had a, a, a run of over, well, at least in the last 20 years, we haven't had a run over 60 uh, in, in 20 years, in, in modern day, modern times. That, that may be the most important number that you've got to offer us. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, because remember, you get a 60, that means you're expanding really strongly compared to the prior month. Sure. You know, although we started out at a low base here because we you know, collapsed in, uh, in uh, April, May of 2020, you know, this, that was a long time ago. And, and we're continuing to expand at really high numbers here compared to the prior month. So, so when you go on your other radio and TV shows later on today, make sure you give me credit and, and copyright trade trademark to the 10 months over 60. Um, <laughs> maybe not the copyright, but okay. <laughs> so okay, Tim, why don't we get into the labor side a bit? I know that uh, the current variant of the virus is going to make things complex for the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Oh, for sure. Mm. Okay. So you can see here, let's see, let me pull up my pointer. You can see here that, I mean, this is right here. That both of these elements go into the PMI. They came off 9.4 points. Now, I think the uh, manufacturing inventory number was is really a result of four measurement points in a year. The most valuable one being December, people managing to cash flow. And that's probably why you saw this. And in, in other words, if you got a production line running, and you got a, a whole bunch of parts offline waiting for a piece and that one piece shows up, it's not going to the production line, it's going to the stuff offline so that they can clear the inventory, ship it, get the revenue, get the cash and so forth. So we saw some of that. I think we're gonna bounce back to 55 plus in, uh, in January. Supplier delivery number, this is really good. I mean, where equilibrium to me is 58, 57, 58. So we're getting close. Remember we were in eighties, we're at the eighties something, high eighties. Right. So that's good. Uh, that's all positive. You can see the uh, you know, the demand here really strong off 1.1 points. Big deal. Customer inventories gained, which is a negative really, but still at 32 points, that's still extremely good. Backlog flat at 63. Excellent. Uh, this this year is a sluggish number down 2.3 points from November. But like I said, that's a timing issue. Uh, the positive number here is that we again gained almost a point on the employment. So this is all. Call this closing 2021. You can see on the right-hand side, I, I put up some stuff here for you. 11 to one hire to force manage ratio. That's really good. That means that we've got everybody hiring, very few trying to manage their headcount through attrition and so forth. We had 18 to one in November, still a really strong number. 
32% of the comments noted high levels of turnover and the backfill that comes with that. And that is a problem. It will remain a problem. It's a result primarily of wage chasing, which is not going to go away, at least in the first half of 2022. So that's going to continue to be a, a headwind on hiring and factory floor employment. Uh, flat here, 7% noted hiring improvements compared to November. That's, uh, that's pretty much flat from November, 7% November compared to October. So we're pretty much flat there, unfortunately. And we did underperform slightly. But like I said, I think this is all a timing issue in that if there was no Omicron uh, variant, you know, we're going into January in a really good position. I would expect that new order levels remain high, possibly even higher than this. Uh, I would expect production would be in the 63, 64 level. Like I said, employment getting to 55. Supplier delivery number may be coming down slightly, but probably staying about the same. And, uh, and the inventory number probably climbing. So I could see us either, easily without Omicron getting back to 60 in January. All right. One, the one number you mentioned about the, your 32% of the comments uh, referring to uh, uh, you know, chasing, chasing jobs uh, for the dollar, it might make sense for manufacturers and the audience to be aware of that to the point that maybe you ought to think about giving the, the crew a bit of a raise so they're not looking to run off down the block to the, the next guy. Yeah. Uh, retraining somebody costs a fortune, so you may as well give it to them in salary and not lose somebody. I think that's happening. A lot of that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. There's really, There's a lot of companies paying a lot of attention to their key people, making sure we're not going to lose this person. We don't even want to get in a position where we have to counter offer. Right. That's a very uncomfortable position. So sure. retention has been key for about a year, expected to continue. And I think, you know, we, we predicted that wage increase would would be somewhere around, let's see, 4.7% for 2022. I think that's low. I think given what's happening here and, and now, you know, the Omicron issue and, and in addition to the backfill issue, it's probably going to drive that number up closer to six. Where do you see the GB, GDP uh, ending up? For oh, I think that we're going to be north of three, probably three and a half. Uh, but it's going to be lumpy. I mean, it's going to be lumpy because what, what this has really said to us is that uh, we're going to continue to have labor problems throughout 2022, probably into 2023. I think I mentioned to your listeners last week that I think this is a three to five year problem. And I still think it is a three. And I, actually, I... I feel stronger that it is a three to five year problem than I thought at the end of November. So, and because every, you know, everybody I know knows somebody who's got it. And when they've got it, their whole family has it. It's extremely contagious. This is, I, I don't know if I mentioned, but you know, yeah, we fell off the cliff, we climbed up the, the mountain and we had trouble with monthly numbers really measuring what was happening at that point in time. So your listeners, your watchers, they're, they're watching the show wanting to know not so much what happened in December, they wanna really know what's happening right now. And, and our numbers don't really reflect all that simply because we've had a major impact on absenteeism and employment in the last seven to 10 days that is not fully reflected here. I think that uh, yesterday uh, news in the evening that came out with a number of 400,000 new cases yesterday throughout the United States, that is, that's more than we've had. And it just goes to show this, we're first getting into winter. 
We're first getting colder. We're first having to stay in the house. Here in New Jersey, it was 14 degrees this morning. That's the coldest day since a year ago. So, you know, it's it's all working against us. You just got to hang tough. Well, wear a mask. It's, it's not a it's not a bad problem to be faced with because, you know, every all the demand is going to stay there. All this is really doing if we if we can't satisfy the demand today, most of it is going to be there tomorrow. So, all right, the demand is not going to go away. All right. So the problem is, how do we make our way to make progress? 400,000 people infected a day, you know, make an assumption here that 65% of those are workers. So let's call that, what, 300 some odd, um, you know, 280,000 workers a day. There's 160 million workers, 165 million workers in the United States. Now, every one of those people has to stay home for at least five days, and it's arguing whether it's five or 10. Right. And then anybody they've been in contact with is supposed to self-quarantine, too. So, you know, think about how that's going to impact absenteeism and no-shows on the factory floor. I, I'm, you know, I haven't really been fully engaged yet with my supply partners and my, and my normal job, but I'm sure I'm going to hear, you know, all kinds of stuff about, you know, we're, we're getting 35, 40% call-outs. You know, the, the best story I have of the day is that I was, uh, I, I was watching, we thought it was going to snow up here in Connecticut yesterday. It, it was in the southern part of the states. My wife noticed that all kinds of schools are closing. I said, for what, a, a dusting of snow? Well, to come to find out in the towns near me here, up by Suffield, uh, one of the towns closed yesterday and today because of a lack of bus drivers. And they didn't know it until six o'clock in the morning. So all these parents who were getting ready to, to go to the workplace had to call out because now all of a sudden their kids aren't going to school. And you know, multiply that times how many districts and I mean, so this is what we're dealing with, but we dealt with a similar thing with Delta in the August, September timeframe. Remember we were making progress on the input side. Prices were kind of relaxing a little bit. Supply deliveries were relaxing a little bit. Then all of a sudden they reversed and started to climb back up and all the way through, I think it was October. So that was, a, I think really a reflection of the Delta variant and the lack of people being able to get into the workplace. That one was a lot more deadly than this, but this one is spreading a lot faster and impacting a lot more people. You you can be boosted and still get this one, whereas with Delta, it was a low probability. With all the lines for testing, you can get COVID from the lines that you're waiting in. Yeah, think about my that. Wife, my wife went at 7.30 in the morning yesterday, uh, on Sunday morning to get uh, tested, and she was there for three hours. At 10 o'clock, they closed the line and said, everybody go home. They ran out of test kits. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. And then, then we have the OSHA thing that's been resurrected. And, you know, everybody's trying to make sure that they comply with the OSHA requirements when they get confirmed. Well, the first step is this week. You're supposed to. And I think the court order has been stayed. So we're now on our way. And if you're not vaccinated, you got to be tested twice a week. Where are we going to get those kits? I mean, <laughs> in my normal life, I bought a whole bunch in, around the holiday period. And we're going to probably buy some more. But at some point, there's not going to be any. So then what do you do? You tell them to stay home? Well, I may create right now a, a herd effect on Amazon. You buy the kits from Amazon. You get them in two days. <laughs> you don't have to stay in line to buy them. You don't have to just buy it from Amazon. Give in to it. Buy from Amazon. Buy Apple products, Tim. You got an iPhone. Good for you. <laughs>
Just yeah, before I, I went I, into just just for the holidays, I went into a, a a local drugstore. My wife and I went in there to get a picture made of a, a special picture, and we walked in. There was like ten people standing in line at the cash register. Two people at the register, and then they were all they they had kept all the test kits on the other side of the register. Right. So you had to get in line to get. There's ten people waiting for test kits. It's like nuts, <laughs> and they were probably doing that because they were gonna get together at the holidays and everybody decided let's self-test ourselves. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a fortunate, I'm fortunate that I don't have to go into a daily workplace every day. I'm very fortunate for that. Uh, I'm now what, almost two years and I haven't had it. Uh, but you know, this thing seems to be getting closer to me and, and I'm uh, consequently being a little bit more careful. You notice they're not saying all that much about masks this time. I'm wearing them. Yeah, I, mean, I feel guilty going into places without one, so I'm wearing them. But they're not really giving me a warm feeling that that's really going to hinder this thing. This thing seems to really yeah. be burling like great. Well, whatever. So we ended December really well. We're entering January with a lot of adversity, but it's not a really bad adversary. We don't have a lot of people at risk of death as we've done in some of the other uh, variants, which is uh, makes me feel much better. But we do have a much more a higher potential of people being absent from the workplace for extended periods of time, which is really just gonna, our single biggest issue in expanding, continuing to expand at 62, 64 record levels has been employment. And it's going to continue to be that way at least through the first quarter now. You know, you look at this thing and these things tend to last about eight weeks. Okay, let's call it 12. So we're gonna be dealing with Omicron here in the US for at least the first quarter. And then it'll probably make its way to the global supply chains again, which will impact. It's almost like a redo of 2021. Correct. Correct. And this will well, not go away so the whole fun. world is kind of vaccinated, which is a long ways away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did away with 2021 with, with a big sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, uh, but your uh, semi-annual forecast going into 2022 was looking very good. So we're caught between the, the, uh, the rock and the hard place uh, in that when that report was done, I don't think Omicron was an issue yet. No, but I think we're still okay. I think we're still okay because it's, a, it's essentially a six month and a 12 month look forward. And some of the half ones versus half twos might get impacted by this. Right. But I think you know, we have the ability to bounce back before in the next 12 months even though the first three months will be worse than what we thought from a yeah. output standpoint driven by labor, we've got you know, three other quarters to make up for it. So we have the, we have the ability to, to catch back up, I think. We keep rooting for you at Yellow Jack time this year. Well, you know, it's a, it's a, I'm really fortunate to have been in this role at this point in time because every month is an interesting <laughs> month. <for laughs> we've for never sure. seen this before. No, that's for sure. Timmy? And just to remind our listeners, on Thursday, we have the services report on business coming out of the Institute for Supply Management. And on Friday, we're going to do the Hospital Purchasing Managers Index. That is always a fascinating discussion with Nancy LeMaster as we find out what's happening in the healthcare arena. And it's tough, folks. It's really tough. So thank you for joining us for this episode. I'm looking forward to seeing Anthony Nieves on Wednesday. That's right. Services. And we also uh, 
look forward to you visiting us at jacketmediaco.com where you can find an episode of this show and also on YouTube. Thanks for following us and thanks for watching this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Okay, thanks everybody. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.